leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it. Jerry West made it from the other side of the mid-court strike. To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe. From way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win! Yes! LeBron James! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan! It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay, and with me I've got a very special guest. He's a second-time visitor on the program. He's a sports business classroom alum. His name is Darius Scott. Darius, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, uh, we're going to break down the uh, the Western Conference first round here, and uh, the playoffs are right around the corner. And uh, we, uh, we had quite a crazy last night of the regular season. It went from, uh, Houston went from being the two seed to the four seed because a couple of, uh, of crazy fourth quarter comebacks from the Nuggets and the Trailblazers to get the two and three seed respectively. Yeah, and uh, the whole Portland situation was... It, it was weird because they only played six guys, and then one of the guys, or the sixth guy that they played, Zach Hollins, he didn't play that much. So they played five guys pretty much the whole game. Yeah, and and the fact that those those guys that should have been just exhausted, you'd think, uh, put together a fourth quarter where they won by twenty uh, was just wild. You know, I uh, I was keeping track of that game and watching the Denver-Minnesota game. And at halftime, I think Portland was down around, around 25, so I kind of just tuned that game out of my mind and was watching Denver-Minnesota. And Denver was down 11 with about three minutes to go. They went on a 17 nothing run to, to end the ball game and, and win that. Uh, and, and so as, as I was uh, going to text you after those matchups to determine the, the seedings, I was thinking, you know, oh, it's uh, it's – you know, Denver at the two, Houston at the three, and Portland at the four. But then uh, all of a sudden I looked at the standings and Portland was sitting there at the three. I'm like, wait, they came back and won as well. It was just absolutely crazy. And for Houston to go from, you know, potentially playing San Antonio in round one and, you know, the the winner of Denver and whoever their opponent was and avoid the Warriors, man, that was a, that was a rough night if you were a Rockets fan. 
Yeah, they they really botched that. But I, I think that it, it goes back to the other night when they lost to Oklahoma City because they had that game pretty much wrapped up. They were up by, I can't remember by how much, but they were up by a good amount. And they just ended up blowing it at the, at the end. Yeah, Paul George had a, a real clutch three in the corner with just about a, a second or two to go. Yeah, that was that was a key one. And but yeah, the the Rockets are, are facing the Utah Jazz, which I think is a very interesting series, a rematch of the second round series last year. But uh, we were going to break down in a lot of depth a, a couple of series, and the first one we were going to talk about was Denver versus San Antonio. That's the two seven matchup. But you know. Because of how condensed the West playoff picture was, you know, the Denver at the two seed is a 54-win team, and San Antonio at the seven is 48, so really only six games difference here. But uh, we're going to have you kind of act as, uh, as the head coach of the Denver Nuggets and Mike Malone, and I'm going to be uh, the greatest coach in the history of the NBA and Greg Popovich. And uh, first off, what, uh, what did you learn from uh, the, these two teams matching up in the regular season? Spurs, they don't shoot a, a, a whole uh, a, a whole lot of threes, but they shoot them very well, which is pretty odd. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think to myself, is that going to change in the playoffs? Or are, are they really going to change that philosophy in the, in the playoffs? But but the other thing I really noticed is like how, how good the Spurs are when they play uh, Davis Bertans. Um, he's a big part of their success when they're when the team is rolling, and I really want to get into is is, is Greg Popovich really going to expand expand his role because they're not the same the same team defensively when he when he plays, but offensively they're just a whole lot better. Right, and and the Spurs, uh, I believe they're the twentieth ranked defense in the NBA, so they have succeeded in large part due to their offense. But uh, but you're right that a lot of those bench units with Patty Mills and Bertans and, and Bellinelli just having that extra shooting out on the floor, which, frankly, the starting lineup just doesn't have with, with DeRozan and Pirtle and, and even Aldridge not really being uh, that comfortable stepping out to three. Uh, that, that extra shooting makes them a lot more dangerous and, and a lot tougher team to cover. Uh, a couple of things I noticed, you know, I, I think DeMar DeRozan is, is going to be one of the key figures in this series. You know, DeRozan has had, uh, has notoriously had some struggles in, in the, the playoffs in his career. And, you know, in this matchup specifically, uh, I think the team split 2-2 two to two in the regular season. DeRozan averaged 27 a game in the, in the two San Antonio wins and just 13 in the losses. So, you know, he's going to be a player that, that I think is pretty important and a guy that I don't know if Denver has a great matchup for. Yeah, and and that's what I'm a little worried about. Uh, Will Barton, he's extremely hit or miss. If his, if his offense is going, if, he, if the shot's going down, you can, you can definitely keep him in the game. But at the same time, he's not giving you much defense. And, and like I said, if, if the shot's going, then maybe you can, you can live with that. But... If it's, if it's not, then you really got to make a change to uh, either Tory Craig or Malik Beasley, and 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 you, you got to see how how they're going to do it against the Rosen. But again, both of those players still have their downside. Right, and you know um, Beasley has had a has a, has had a really solid year. 
Um, and, and Craig is, you know, a, a solid defensive player, but you, you lose some certain things. Like with Beasley, you know, he's more of just a, a standstill shooter. He doesn't have the creation ability that Barton has. And, and Torrey Craig is just kind of an offensive liability in general. So so certainly there's going to be some tough decisions for, for, uh, for Mike Malone. Uh, so, so moving towards uh, you know the opponent's strengths. If you're if you're looking at uh, the the San Antonio Spurs, what uh, what strengths on this team uh, kind of scare you going into this matchup? Uh, like I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, if, if, if the Spurs get good looks at the three, they're definitely going to knock it down. Um, and and that's something that can be a little troublesome because. The way the Nuggets have been playing recently, uh, just Will Barnes, had, he's, he hasn't been impressive. Uh, Gary Harris, he, he hasn't been impressive since coming back from injury. So if they continue to struggle, then it's really up to Jokic to create all the offense, which he typically does. But he has his moments where, you know, sometimes he just disappears. So the, the three ball really has me a little concerned. Um, with uh, with how the how the Spurs are, are, are going to play it. Yeah, the uh, the speaking from, from uh, Greg Popovich's perspective, a, a couple of things that really really concern me as far as Denver's attack is for one that that Murray Jokic pick and roll. You know, if Jamal Murray catches fire from three, our typical drop back style is not going to be that effective. And if we have to be a little bit more aggressive against Murray if he's heating up. You know that opens up that role, that that pocket pass for Jokic, and again, Jokic, one of the best passing bigs in the game, uh, can can dissect a four on three scenario. So that pick and roll definitely concerns me, especially considering you know uh, the Spurs defense hasn't been that strong all season long. But the I guess, I guess the other thing that's a concern is uh, this year Derek White picked up a lot of uh, clout on the, on the defensive end of the, of the floor. So I'd imagine that that's the matchup that Jamal Murray's going to see. And if Jamal Murray begins to struggle going against Derek White, then who, who's, who's, who's the Nuggets really going to lean on for offensive creation other than Jokic? Uh, it can't just be Jokic for, for 48 minutes. Um, it's got to be someone else. And like I said, uh, Gary Harris, he's just – like the injuries have just ravaged the season. And Will Barton is just – he's just way too hot and cold uh, then. Derek White matchup, most likely against uh, Jamal Murray, is going to be huge. Yeah, and uh, Derek White, you know, after the whole situation with DeJounte Murray tearing his ACL, I think, you know, I myself was was really low on the Spurs, and, and I think Derek White has been, along with Rudy Gay, have been the, the couple of the big saviors on why the Spurs have, have been able to, to, to make the playoffs once again. Uh, despite, you know, having a lack of talent, and I think in this series, I think they also are in a deficit in terms of, of talent. But uh, as, far as, uh, as far as the matchups, are there particular players or, or matchups that, that really concern you? Um, I really want to see what, uh, or who's, who's going to, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Millsap guarding them. Marcus Aldridge, but Marcus Aldridge, he's uh, he's been really good all season and and uh, particularly down uh, down the stretch. So I'm, I'm I'm really concerned with how how they're how they're going to play him because I know Millsap's going to he's going to have a lot of uh, I should say I guess he's going to have to shoulder a lot of the 
defensively because uh, Jokic, like, well, just the whole team in general, they, they don't have playoff experience. And Jokic, he's not a great defender himself. So, so I'm sure where the rest of the team is struggling, Millsapi usually makes up for that. And I don't want that to be an, an issue to get LaMarcus Aldridge going because he's kind of, he's well, he, he is the best player on the team. And if, if, if he gets going, that can just lead to a whole lot of other Issues for the Nuggets. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly as far as that question, and, and as far as uh, with with Greg Popovich in San Antonio, that's my biggest concern as far as the matchups as well. As you know, you you mentioned it that Paul Millsap is is easily the best player on the Denver team, and and frankly, he's at probably the the position that can most impact this particular series because Aldridge is really the the main source of offense and as far as the playoffs are concerned he's the he's the one guy that I know I can rely on and and has some some success in his postseason career whereas DeRozan doesn't so yeah I'm gonna have to try to find ways uh, to to get Millsap off of Aldridge whether that's setting off ball screens like along the along the lane and, and try to get some other matchups because Millsap is, is a terrific defender. He's been one for such a long time. And if he can slow down Aldridge even a little bit, it's going to spell doom for uh, for the Spurs. Yeah, and and the one thing that I'm, that I'm, I'm kind of hoping for is if the Spurs begin to struggle shooting, they're going to have to play Brent Forbes and they're going to have to play Michael Bellinelli and that should be able to get the Nuggets offense going. Uh, I think we saw last year with Donut with the Sixers where teams just just repeatedly went after him whenever he was on the floor to the point where the Sixers had to decide, do we want a guy who can make shots or do we want to give him two points? And they decided to, to just not play him. And it would, it, it would be ideal to put the Spurs in that situation where they have to decide, do we need a shot maker or do we need to just give up points? Well, and Philly made that decision despite the fact that Bellinelli, I don't think, missed a shot the entire postseason. He was just absolutely on fire last year. But, uh, but yeah, that's a really good point, and it, and it just goes to show you in the regular season, you know, you can have a lot of these one-way players that, are, that provide value on one end of the floor, but when it gets to the playoffs, uh, you know, those, uh, those weaknesses are, are taken advantage of. As far as uh, you being Mike Malone and, and Denver, how do you uh, expect to handle the pick and roll against the Spurs? Definitely going to have to just just play standard uh, drop coverage. We're just going to have to allow. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that the main pick and roll ball handles are going to be Derek White and uh, um, Demar Derozan, and Barnes, he's, he's he's just going to have to fight over the screens. And and uh, because playing because allowing Jokic to, to to making him have to step up just causes way too much trouble. Um, Jokic he's he's not he's not he's not quick on his feet. I don't, I don't think I'm uh, breaking any news by saying he's he's about a quick center. But forcing him to have to play on, on the perimeter just is 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 just going to cause way too much trouble. And with with Jokic just being the main creator for. Uh, for, for, for the Nuggets team, you have to reserve him. You have to reserve his energy. Like, like you, you need to make things easy for him because we can't have him just just getting destroyed on the, on the defensive end. So I'm, I'm thinking just plays standard coverage. Uh, guys have to fight over screens, and, and and if not that, that's when it comes to the, the bench players uh, like Beasley and Torrey Craig, 
would probably play that coverage a little bit better. Yeah, and you know, I, I think we've seen over the years a lot of teams go uh, under the pick and roll a lot on DeRozan, and that has been you know maybe less effective in the regular season. But DeRozan, for some reason, tends to shy away from from taking those jump shots. He's he's never been a great jump shooter, and, and that's been a concern for him. But uh, you know, yeah, you, you talk about DeRozan and, and White, that starting backcourt uh, again handling most of the pick and rolls. There's not a lot of shooting there. But then when you get off the bench and you've got Bellinelli and Patty Mills, those are a couple of guys that uh, when they run pick and roll, they can knock threes off the dribble. So you almost have to have a different defensive strategy depending on uh, what unit is out there on the floor for the Spurs. Now, uh, as far as my coverage against Denver, uh, I think the, the, the big thing is you got to go over the screen on Jamal Murray and, and try to contest and take away those three-point shots. Uh, he he's a streaky shooter. He can he can get really hot and and knock a bunch down. Uh, I think the biggest thing, especially because Jokic hasn't shot the ball as well from three this season, I think if you can if you can prevent those Murray threes and try to force that pass out to Jokic and make him a jump shooter, I think that's a, a pretty good percentage play for San Antonio. And then you know when when you're talking about guys like Harris and Barton, you mentioned they're they're not having uh, great seasons this year. Uh, I still think, though, you should probably go over the top. I think both of those guys are, can knock down threes at a, at a decent rate. Uh, but, you know, dropping back with the big man and, and, and forcing mid-rangers, I think, is another is a thing that the Spurs have done all season uh, and, and they're going to continue to do in this series. And, and the other thing with, with Denver, you know, not only do you have to handle a, a bunch of pick-and-rolls, but you got to deal with a lot of dribble handoffs with Jokic. And I think uh, the the things that uh, you got to be aware of as as a defense against Denver, you got to be aware of the backdoor cuts. You got to try to take away all those easy baskets that they'll get uh, by overplaying. And then I think in terms of the handoff itself, you got to make it difficult by pressuring Jokic and having his man get up into him, make those handoffs difficult as best you can. But but uh, Jokic is is a genius with the ball in his hands, and, and it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. And- uh, it's 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 really gonna 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 come down to uh, Jamal Murray and and how how he's going to uh, perform in this first playoff series. If if he's knocking down a shot, then I I don't think the Spurs have have uh, much of a shot because having to worry about what Jamal Murray's going to do just makes things for Jokic uh, a thousand times easier. He's, he's going to be able to do. Uh, he's going to be able to be as 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 aggressive as he wants and. And if he, if he continues to put up the close to triple double numbers, then um, it could be a short series. Yeah, um, as far as like, uh, if I had to pick kind of an X factor or X factors in this series, I think it's more, you know, I, I, I kind of trust Murray and, and Jokic to kind of consistently bring it and, and produce. I think the big thing is, again, the guys you mentioned that have struggled a little bit is Barton and, and Harris. I think if those guys are also knocking down shots, it, it really makes things tough on San Antonio. And and I think the Spurs have, for years uh, with with Popovich done a pretty good job of of trying to take away the first or second option and make the role players uh, beat them. There there was of course that that series in 2012 against OKC where San Antonio was up 2-0 and, and ended up losing four straight. But I think it was either game four or five they completely just started double teaming Durant and uh, and Westbrook and forced guys like Ibaka and Perkins to to shoot. 
and those guys went like 12 of 15 or something crazy in the game and the OKC won. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so so San Antonio, I think Popovich, that's going to be one thing that they're going to try to do is, is take away what you do best. And, and frankly, with Denver, that's Jokic and Murray. If they take that away, it's going to come down to the guys, the likes of Barton and Harris, if they can make plays, if they can make shots, that might be the determining factor. Yeah, and and I'm I'm completely okay with just a like just around like yeah, if, you, if you take away either Demar or, or Lamar, just try and just limit one of those two. The Spurs really don't have many other offensive players good. Um, they they just lack a whole lot of creators, a whole lot of shooting, and if you can just limit one of those two from going off, and to be honest, with the Martin DeRozan's postseason struggles, I would just I want him to to try and take over. And if you if you just allow one of those things to happen, take take away one of those two as best you can, um, Spurs are just going to really have a very hard time. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, you know, again, the the bench unit doesn't have a lot of creation, even though they have a lot more shooting. They they rely a lot on on Aldridge and, and DeRozan to create shots, and DeRozan has kind of evolved this year from his Toronto days to being more of a playmaker, taking less shots and and passing the ball a little bit more. It'll be interesting to see how that affects his his postseason play, but. Uh, let's let's move on now to uh, some some adjustments in the event that. Uh, that the teams get down 0-2 in the series. Now, of course, you as Denver, if you get down 0-2, that means you lost both at home. But uh, I think it's a pretty interesting thing to, to talk about. What are some of the out-of-the-box ideas the team might have to, to make some adjustments if they get down to, to change momentum? Um, well, to me, it, it, it depends on how the losses look. If the losses look uh, a lot like just the offense, the offense struggle and they were doing their job defensively. I think you really have to consider uh, not not necessarily sitting Barton, but he he's got to come out of the starting lineup because he he'll, he'll probably be part of the reason that the offense struggled. Gary Harris might be part of the reason that the offense struggled. So it'll, it'll definitely be less of Barton, less of Harris, and probably more Monty Morris because that allows Jamal Murray to play more off the ball and for him to, to have a chance to get his shot going. Um, Getting Jokic involved more, yeah, I, I guess like that, it really depends how much he's involved already. Leading up to those losses, but I think uh, Monty Morris getting getting more more minutes will, will have to be key because that will just open up more more opportunity for Jokic to do more and more for uh, Jamal Murray. Well, I think Malik Beasley is another guy that for for good chunks of this season has outplayed Harris. So yeah, I. I, I agree. There are a couple of options there. They, Denver, fortunately, has a, a pretty decent amount of depth on that team. And another guy, I think, if again, if they're struggling offensively, you know, you you might want to consider taking out a guy like Torrey Craig out of the rotation and putting a, a Juancho Hernan Gomez in there to, to provide a little bit more shooting. Yeah, I, and, and that's the issue with Torrey Craig is he he, he provides a lot with the defense, but offensively, he just. He's, he's pretty much just not there, and and that gives the Spurs a chance to essentially play four, four on five on the, on the defensive end, which makes him. It's like you want to play him because of what he can bring on one side of the on the court, but then you can't play him on the other side. So yeah, definitely limiting his minutes and just upping uh, the amount of time the league season plays, upping the amount of time, uh, and potentially uh, um, earning uh, Gomez can, can play uh, because. Because he, he, he quietly had a 
pretty good season too. Um, amongst all other, with, with all the injuries, he got a chance to play, and he actually played uh, extremely well. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that he's he's kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit. I agree with you. I, I really am a big fan of Wancho, and, and he was he was really solid for them. Uh, and uh, yeah, as far as as far as San Antonio and, and Greg Popovich, if, if the Spurs get lose the first two on the road, you know it wouldn't be necessarily panic time because again, I don't think a series starts till a, a team wins a game on the road. But uh, a couple of things that I might consider is. You know, again, as you said, if it if it's more of an offensive issue, if the Spurs are struggling to score, I might consider moving Aldridge uh, to the five and, and taking out Pirtle out of that starting lineup. Maybe bringing in Rudy Gay, give us a little extra scoring punch. Uh, and and the other thing, you know, especially if it, if if the defense is a real problem, uh, you know, we could see the uh, the the hacka strategy come back into play here with uh, with uh, Plumley. Yeah. Um... That's a guy who I, I, I like on the floor because he's just so active uh, defensively. He just he's he's just a, a, a motor of, of just energy, and I love having having him out there. But he does uh, struggle from the line. So if if, if, if that strategy, which uh, Greg Popovich is definitely not afraid to use, if, if that comes out, um, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if his limbs actually actually do get limited because uh, Greg Popovich is known to. Hack of somebody. <laughs> yeah, Pop uh, does not care about the uh, the press that he'll get or the any negative reception. He could care less. Uh, but uh, let's move on to the uh, to the series prediction. Uh, who do you have in this series, and in how many games, Darius? Um, I'm picking Denver in, in, in six. Uh, I think that I, I just have a lot of respect for Greg Popovich as a coach. I, I know that. The Spurs lack the talent. The, like the Nuggets just have the overall better talent, but I think Greg Popovich will—he'll he'll have his guys ready to play, and uh, they'll be able to take two games. I—I I mean, I, I think that's the best case scenario. We definitely want to surprise them with this only lasting five, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give Greg Popovich some respect, and I think he'll get his guys uh, at least two games. Yeah, I, I have that exact prediction as well, Denver and six. I wouldn't be shocked if San Antonio, with their experience and, and, again, with Greg Popovich's superior coaching, comes in and steals game one. That would not shock me in the slightest. Uh, but but I do think that Denver does have, as you said, the significant talent advantage and eventually will figure things out. Although, you know, it it uh, I would probably say I would be leaning towards it going seven as opposed to five. I just think there there's an opportunity. This could be one of those series where the home game, the home team wins every game. Yeah, yeah. See, my first reaction when I saw this matchup was, you know what, the Spurs could actually win this. But the more I sat down and thought about it, the more I sat down and looked at the teams, it's, it, I just can't imagine that the, that, that the Spurs can can overcome. Their, I guess, their lack of talent. Yeah. Uh, any other, uh, any other stray thoughts about this matchup or, or these two teams in general before we uh, we move on to the next one? Uh, I, I just, I'm just excited to see the Nuggets finally in the playoffs and finally get challenged in in this way. It's been, a, it's been a long time. Yes, and and after the heartbreak that was uh, the the end of last season, missing out by just a single game, yeah, it'll be fun to see. And I, I, I for one, cannot wait to see uh, what Nikola Jokic is like as a, as a postseason player. I, I am uh, pretty positive that I think he's going to be uh, an impressive postseason force. 
But uh, let's uh, let's move on to the the next series. We we decided we were going to break down, uh, which is the uh, the uh, the three six matchup between the Portland Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. You are going to act as uh, as Billy Donovan, the head coach of the Thunder, and I will be Terry Stotts for the for the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, first off, Darius, what were uh, what were some of the things you learned about uh, about the opponent uh, from the regular season matchups? Yeah, right. That that is the uh, the frustrating thing. Is I wanted to go back and and watch some of their matchups, but yeah, as you said, uh, Nurkic was was in all of those games, so it's it's kind of uh, pointless uh, to to see. I, I will say the the one thing I did learn is that that Portland doesn't really have much of an answer for for Paul George uh, in the in the four games in which the Thunder swept the Blazers in the regular season. George went for thirty seven, thirty six, forty seven, and thirty two. So uh, that is definitely uh, an issue. I think that the the Blazers are are going to have a, a hard time with. Yeah, and that, that that's, that's, that's surprising because I have a lot of respect for uh, Alfred Camino as a defender, and I know they rely on uh, Mo Harkless as, uh, as as one of their better defenders too. So for Paul George to just continually have have his way every game, um, I'd be I, I'm I, I'm not even sure that. The Thunder are the, are the underdog here, even though this, the seeding would say otherwise. Right, and uh, again, I think you know Nurkic was such a which was was so impactful not only just as their as an offensive guy, but but as a rebounder and on the defensive end, I think he was crucial to that drop back coverage and protecting the rim. Uh, the the other thing uh, as uh, as Terry Stotts and, and the Blazers that that concerned me a little bit is just the athleticism on the wing that the Thunder have. Uh, defending the likes of Lillard McCollum, you know the the Blazers struggled last postseason because you know Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis were out there on the floor, and the Thunder, you know, can throw out Paul George, even Terrence Ferguson, uh, and you know the likes of Jeremy Grant. They've got athletes all over the place. There was one play in the in the final game uh, matchup that that I saw that was kind of telling. McCollum, you know, guarded by Ferguson, did a cup like his his classic two dribble move to his right and he kind of just fall away at the free throw line and Ferguson just stuck his hand up and blocked the shot. <laughs> it was it was one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, this Thunder team and, and Ferguson as a two guard is really long and you know, some things that you can get off against maybe 27, 28 teams in the NBA might not work against this Thunder group. Yeah, and and that's that's the head scratching thing about this Thunder team is they're like they are really good. Like they are that good defensive team that you just said, and they have the talent with Paul George and, and uh, Russell Westbrook to carry this team. But for some reason, the last I'll say half of the season, they just haven't been that. Like 
they lose head scratching games to like the Grizzlies who aren't trying, and they lose and they lose other games, and it's like the talent is there, but then sometimes when someone nice, they just don't show up. Right, and uh, you know, last year in the playoffs against Utah, when when the Thunder lost in the first round, I think Westbrook and George both underperformed, and and I know you know Utah is a is a terrific defensive team, but but certainly the Thunder need their their stars to to step up and and play in a big way in this series if they want to get out of it. As far as you as Billy Donovan, what what opponent strengths or or what what strengths of the Portland Trailblazers really concern you heading into this series? Uh, just the like. The main thing is the ability for Damian Lillard to just absolutely go like supernova. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like I'd be like, I'd be worried that because of the lack of or I guess star power that the, that the Blazers have, and coming off of a postseason last year where Damian Lillard was just absolutely just shut down, you know he's going to feel the need to carry a lot of load and. I don't think we still have a good idea of what CJ is going to be, being that he's coming back from that injury. So Lillard, I I, I know I just I just know in my mind he's going to feel the need to to, to take like, to carry a lot of this load. And if if, if he's got to go for fifty, he's got to go for fifty. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but but like that that's that's the main thing that worries me is just Damian Lillard's ability to just go off. Yeah, it's been unfortunate that the Blazers just seem to always have some sort of injury issue. Last year it was Mo Harkless, this year obviously with Nurkic, but then also with McCollum. Uh, you know, he was able to get a few games in near the end of the regular season, which I think would, you know, helps. But but yeah, he, it still is a major question mark if you're going to get the, uh, you know, the C.J. McCollum that is just an unstoppable scorer that the Blazers need him to be to, to compete in this series. Uh, as far as uh, as far as me as Terry Stotts, the, the big... The big uh, strength of the Thunder that really concerns me is the interior scoring of, you know, Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams, again, especially with, with the absence of Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, and, you know, Westbrook, his ability to get to the basket, and, and if, uh, you know, Enos Cantor out there or, uh, you know, one of the other uh, Blazers centers, whether that's Myers, Leonard, uh, or, um, you know, Zach Collins, if, if those guys can't stop Westbrook from getting to the basket and, and uh, if... If he gets there, you know, not only is it a concern if he converts, but then also, you know, that opens up the offensive rebounding of Steven Adams, who is who is one of the best on the offensive glass in the entire league. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think that's just going to be just a, a, a point of emphasis is Russ, get downhill and go to the basket. Uh, Paul George, go to the basket and make Ennis Cantor do things. Like, just, just, just make him do anything. If it, if it involves him in, screen, in, in screens and make him have to react, make Ennis Cantor have to work, which past has shown us that he's just not going to be good at it. And all and all season, uh, and even in the past, I think it's been 10 games since uh, Nurk has been hurt, uh, I, I assumed that Zach Collins would step up and play more minutes because, you know, they moved up to, to draft him. And this is an opportunity with their center being, being hurt, done for the season. It's the opportunity for Zach Collins to step up and play more. And Terry Stotts has chose to go with Ennis Cantor. And Myers Leonard, he's really kind of been an afterthought. So I, you, you have to make Ennis Cantor do things on, on, on defense. And, if, and what the past has shown us is that he can't. And make Terry Stotts play. And, uh, make him play uh, Myers Leonard. Make him play Zach Collins and see what those guys can do. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to be honest, I think if Enos Cantor is run off the floor, I, I do not like the Blazers' chances of this series. I think he's going to have to find a way, and I think it's possible, given that the Thunder aren't a great shooting team, uh, you know, he can drop back and, and try to convince Russell Westbrook of, of, of taking mid-rangers, but the concern is he's still so slow that Westbrook can still get around him with a uh, even if he's at a, a, a five-yard deficit. But um, as far as... Uh, the the matchups I know you you mentioned uh, a concern is Dave, Damian Lillard going off so I assume that's one of the matchups you're concerned about anybody else on the Blazers that uh, that that concerns you yeah the another uh, strategy that I wouldn't be surprised that they employ because I don't think they had this option last year is just having Seth Curry out there and or, uh, Rodney Hood just just makes the floor so much bigger for for Dame for Damian Lillard and CJ to go to the because uh, Seth, his his ability to shoot the three is pretty much as almost as good as Spud. So he's a guy that you can't leave. And and we know Rodney Hood, he's he's a shooter as well, and he'll also get to the basket. So ha- so having those guys on the floor, um, they won't necessarily uh, go to the basket and make things happen on, on their own. But just their presence on the floor will just allow Dame to do more. It'll allow CJ to do more. And uh, it, it, it can just create a, 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 another issue, especially if those guys start knocking down shots. Which, if they if they get left open, they probably will. Yeah, I think that was one of Neil O'Shea's biggest things going into this offseason after getting swept by the Pelicans is to, to upgrade the, the shooting on the roster. And you're, you're right with Seth Curry and Rodney Hood. He certainly did that. And even with playing Jake Lehman, even though Lehman hasn't shot the ball great from three, having another guy that, that is capable of hitting threes at the, at the four position, uh, that that has definitely been a priority and, and should hopefully make their offense a little bit a little bit better. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, as far as Terry Scotts, the the guy that the matchup that concerns me is Paul George and, and also Paul George and and also Paul George. Uh, <laughs> I already mentioned how he he completely went off in, in the season matchup, uh, and you know again you mentioned that uh, Aminu uh, is you know a, a solid uh, perimeter guy. I think. You know, he, he peaked a couple of years ago, and and I think he's a little bit better in terms of dealing with bulkier forwards. Like, a, I think he'd be better defending a guy like Kawhi, whereas Paul George is real shifty and, and plays more on the, uh, you know, behind the three-point line. Uh, so, so yeah, he's certainly a, certainly a concern. And, you know, I think one of the biggest issues in this whole, you know, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum era is that the the Blazers just haven't had any elite wings to pair with them? Yeah, um, and it's it, it's it's unfortunate because because I, I guess like that's a whole another conversation about how they just can't get these guys any help. But but like with the team they have now, um, it's it's it, it's going to be difficult if if, it's, if CJ's not not able to to be himself. And if Dame, if his shot is is a third, um, where do they go to? It's, I mean, and it's Kendrick, like he's not a terrible uh, player, like when he's back to the basket, but he's not a guy you can, you can lean on the buckets. Seth Curry, um, he definitely has his limitations. Uh, this series has it has the potential to. Like, I, I personally think this is going to be a very competitive series, but it has the potential to get ugly for uh, for the Blazers. So, uh, Billy Donovan and the Thunder, how would you handle the uh, the, the, the pick-and-roll coverage here? Personally, I'm not a fan of the 
personally, I'm 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 going to do everything I can to <laughs> to get the ball out of out of Bill Miller's hand. Um, I, I I think the, like the first game definitely needs to definitely needs to feel him out, um, and I'm okay with that first allowing a just regular uh, pick and roll coverage allows Stephen Adams to drop back, protect the rim. Um, because I, I just don't think Ennis Cantor is going to be just a, a, a huge factor in, in the pick and roll. So, so like, chasing Dame off the three-point line is, like, to, to me, is key. Because he's, I don't want to say he's as good as Steph Curry, but he's probably the next best thing for Steph Curry in terms of shooting, shooting the three. So chasing him off that line is very important. Um, and and like that's, I think that's the that's the main thing. And it, and I, I don't think the, the in terms of the starters, the Blazers don't have the, the shooting that you definitely need to, to respect. So so crowding Dane, making him give the give the ball up, I think that's the that's the priority. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably a good strategy. And, and as you said, it'll it'll a lot depend on if if Dame just catches fire. And and a lot of times when when Damian Lillard is hot, he doesn't even need a screen. He'll just step back from about thirty five feet. But uh, the um, the the pick and roll strategy for me as uh, as as Terry Stotts and the Blazers is I'm going under every pick and roll against uh, the Thunder guards. I'm trying to force Westbrook and Schroeder to to take mid range jumpers. Westbrook. Uh, you know, 32% on the season from mid-range, which puts him in the 12th percentile in the entire league. Uh, Schroeder, 40% from mid-range, uh, 35% from three. Those are both about average for his position. Uh, so, you know, making those guys try and beat us as opposed to just getting inside and, and getting layups and offensive rebounds and putbacks and wide-open threes, uh, I'm going to try to make Westbrook uh, shoot as many times as possible. If Westbrook wants to take 60 field goal attempts, I'll be happy with that. Uh, and uh, as far as Paul George, if he's if he's running the pick and roll, I'm trapping, trying to make Stephen Adams or Jeremy Grant make a play in space. Uh, I don't really love their playmaking skills out of their big men. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's 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 really hit or miss with. With Jeremy Grant, because uh, some games he's good, some some games he's not going to corner three down, and he'll end up with like 18, 20 points. And other games is is he's just kind of an afterthought on, on offense. So, uh, so so yeah, I, I'm if, if, if I'm uh, Terry Stotts, it's do not let Westbrook get to the basket. Let him shoot. Gladly let him shoot. Uh, and 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 I guess you're. You're kind of hoping for Paul George to, you know, he, he's kind of been in a stump lately. Uh, and yeah, he hasn't been particularly great, even though he hit that shot the other night to beat the uh, to beat to beat the Rockets. He didn't shoot particularly well in that game. So if if that continues, yeah, uh, it's it's it's, it's going to be a pretty difficult series with Westbrook shooting and Paul George uh, and his his lack of shooting. It's going to be very difficult for the Thunder. So Darius, uh, if you had to pick like an X factor on the Blazers that uh, that if they played well, that might change things. Uh, who who do you think you would go with? I'm thinking Alfred Camino because he's probably going to going to get his looks. Um, which if, 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 if uh, I'm Billy Donovan, I'm okay with giving him some 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 looks. Um, he's not a super consistent shooter. He's 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 a little below the league average threes. Um, 
shooting shooting about thirty four percent from from three. So it's not great. It's, it's also not terrible. But but if if Dame is, is is going off, if CJ's going off, we're we're, we're definitely helping off Harkless. We're definitely helping off Minu. But I'm thinking Minu is probably going to get a, a, a bulk of the opportunities to uh, to try and put the ball in the basket. And if he's doing that, then it's going to cause a whole yeah he's he's similar to uh to jeremy grant where he can be real hot or real cold and it just depends on on the night and jeremy grant was was super hot in uh, in their game in milwaukee that ended up being a, a big game for the thunder on the final night to to secure this six seed and and get into the side of the bracket that doesn't have the likes of the warriors rockets and and, and jazz but uh, the, the X factor for me is Terry Stotts. I'm going to pick a guy on my own team, and that is Enos Cantor. Because I said earlier, you know, I, I think he's a guy that needs to stay on the floor if we're going to have any sort of success in this series. Uh, you know, and, and it'll be interesting. You know, obviously, I, I understand he's got all of these huge defensive issues. He doesn't move laterally very well. But, again, given the Thunder's lack of shooting, I, I think there's a chance he could he could at least be okay defensively and uh, I think also his rebounding is is really important you know you put Zach Collins out there and I think Steven Adams is going to have a field day on the offensive glass Cantor ranks 12th in the NBA in in box outs per game I think that's going to be crucial Uh, I think that's one of the the keys to how the Thunder uh, expect to have a a semi-successful offense is just getting so many second opportunities if Cantor can keep Adams off the glass and and and, and be his usual productive self on the offensive end, I think he can he can have a decent impact. And that's another thing, you know, talking about the, the Nurkic absence. You know, Nurkic was fifth in the NBA in box outs per game. So he was, uh, you know, a guy that not only did I know could stay on the floor defensively in this series, but also was a great rebounding option against the likes of Adams. Yeah, and I, I think, like, like this matchup works out. It, it works out pretty well for Cantor because Stephen Adams, he's, he's not a center Who's gonna Who's gonna be like super active on the offensive end? He's not gonna stretch the floor. He's gonna be a guy who's just gonna really stay inside the paint area. Like he's 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 not a jump shooting threat. He's a bag to the basket. Um, he's just gonna be strong and push everybody around, get offensive rebounds. And I think Cantor, he, he's he's able to to deal with that aspect of, uh, of what the Thunder can offer, which will allow him to stay on the floor. But if uh, but like you said, it, it it just depends on how often Westbrook's getting to the basket, how often uh, Paul George's getting to the basket, and whether he's able to to uh, deter them from uh, finishing at, at, at the basket. Now, uh, we we mentioned uh, with the with the Nuggets Spurs series, one of the things I think is interesting is if a team gets down 0-2, what are some of the adjustments? So. You as uh, as the OKC Thunder, if you find yourself down 0-2, you just lost two games in Portland. Uh, what are some of the adjustments you might make to to uh, to get back into the series? So my first thought was, if in, in the event that the, that the Thunder have lost two games, like what happened? So I'm thinking Dame probably had a really good game, and, and so did CJ. So so trying to crowd Dame, trying to get the ball out of his hands, obviously is not working. We need to play more conventional and. Uh, and it's, it, it, it can't be as, as much of try just just try to stop Dame. Trying it has to be more. We got to play equally against Dame and CJ. Um, 
Russell's gonna have to he's gonna have to take on probably more responsibility on uh on on, on defense because we're gonna need more uh not just shot creation, but it really is. I mean, well, you're, we're gonna need more shot creation because that means Terrence Ferguson probably can't play as much. Uh and and if Terrence Ferguson isn't on the floor, then Russell is going to have to step up and probably grab either CJ or, or, or Dame. But that means putting Shooter on the floor, which isn't necessarily, isn't necessarily great for your, for your defense, but he brings more offense. He brings another another uh, shot maker or, and, and another a creator. Um, and I don't know if that's the best solution, but in the playoffs, you you have to make an adjustment. Make, make, uh, make Portland adjust to having more shot makers on the floor. So playing sure more more minutes. Um that's 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 what I, I would lean towards. But it but it definitely involves Russ just having to step up on defense, which uh he doesn't always do. Yeah, and and frankly one of the reasons I kinda like this matchup, at least on the defensive end for the Thunder is I think, you know, you you're able to hide Westbrook on the likes of Aminu or Harkless and, and not get punished too much. You know, Westbrook's known for, for gambling and, and sometimes losing track of his man, but those guys, again, aren't elite three-point shooters, so you don't think you're going to get hurt that much. And because the Thunder have the likes of Ferguson and, and George to defend McCollum and Lillard, uh, that makes it easier on Westbrook. But as you said, if, if you know, say the offense is struggling and Ferguson has to come out and you got to put on Schroeder, then either Schroeder or or Westbrook uh, has to guard one of the the, the Portland backcourt stars, and uh, you know you lose one of those guys, they'll make you pay. Yeah, and it's 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 it's, it's truly a, like a, a pick your poison. Yeah, so uh, or I guess on, on the defensive end, like who like you think Russ will step up uh, on the defensive end? Because I remember last year when Rudy uh, Rubio had that game against them, uh, I, I I can't remember exactly uh, his stats, but. Rubio just went off. It was like close to a triple double, I think. And Russ was just post game. He's like, he, he, I'm gonna shut him down next game. Which Russ shut down Ricky Rubio, but he, he lost sight of the fact that there's other there's there's other parts to playing defense besides shutting down your man, um, which which led to the Thunder getting beat. Still, um, so so I, I, I you just have to be confident that that Russ can play solid defense and. Somehow stay with uh, CJ or, or Lillard, and obviously Paul George will do a great job whoever he's guarding. Yeah, that's always been the main issue defensively with Westbrook. Like I think he holds up reasonably well on switches. He's you know he's tall for his position. He's got strength. He can defend bigger players, and and yeah, I think it's the similar thing with LeBron James as well. Like you know, yeah, he can he can hold up well in isolation scenarios and, and do a decent job, but it's, uh, you know, that's like 10% of what defense is in the NBA. Uh, there's, uh, there's you know, help defense and being in the right position and keeping track of the ball and your man and, and all of those things, and, and Westbrook fails at pretty much every other aspect. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, if, if um, you know, as, as Portland and if I lose the first two games at home, obviously things are not looking good. I imagine the, the Portland faithful would uh, would all be, you know, hearkening back to, to last season's uh, sweep to, to the Pelicans when they lost the first two at home. Uh, a couple of the things that I, that, I, that I would try, one is I'd probably, you know, I think if I'm down 0-2, that means Cantor just failed miserably at, uh, at trying to be, um, you know, out there on the defensive end. So I'll probably go Zach Collins and, and 
doing so, realizing I'll probably surrender the offensive glass, but hopefully he can corral Westbrook a little bit better. Uh, and then, you know, also if it's a situation where the offensive, uh, you know, side of the floor, if the, the Blazers are struggling to score, you know, just putting more shooters out there, you know, playing Seth Curry, Rodney Hood more, as you mentioned earlier, and, and also maybe Myers Leonard to, to bring Steven Adams away from the basket. Uh, there's some there's some shooting options out there to try to, to spruce up the, the Blazers offense. Yeah, and and, and like I said earlier, like like that could be just a huge game changer. Is if uh, Seth Curry gets hot, if Rodney Hood gets hot, um, that can that can definitely be a huge game changer. Uh, Myers Leonard, I'm I'm just so uh, I'm, I I'm, I still don't know what to think of him getting in the game because Terry Stotts has just been so reluctant to play him pretty much all season, and given. Given like, like the injuries this, this team has, he's still his minutes still haven't really spiked. So I'm, I'm, I don't think he. I don't know what he's going to bring, if anything, besides shooting. Um, but if but yeah, the, the options the options are extremely limited. If Zach Collins is performing, if Ennis Kanter is just getting dusted on, on, the, on the defensive end, um, it's <laughs> it, it might really be all hands on deck. Yeah, that's that's the big concern because yeah, if you're just you know if if Portland and I agree with you that Myers Myers Leonard would not be in my main strategy as as Terry Stotts, but he's more of like an emergency plan if if nothing else is working. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know again if Cantor is is just hemorrhaging points, if Zach Collins is just getting murdered on the glass, uh, and and you know also not helping offensively, you you might have to have to resort to Leonard and. and at least give him a shot because as you said he he does at least provide shooting shooting 45 percent from three on the season albeit on limited attempts and limited playing time but he at least does that and and, and spaces the floor a little bit uh so so yeah he is a uh you know only use in case of emergency option but uh yeah i i, I personally don't really like this series uh for for the blazers i think they were intentionally trying to lose them that last night of the regular season to avoid this matchup. But unfortunately, their uh, their players 9 through 15 came through in a huge way in the fourth quarter against Sacramento. Yeah, and and I, I, I really do think the series could, could be competitive because... Well, let's, let's, let's hear your... Uh, let's, let's move on to the, the prediction then. Let's hear uh, who you think is going to win it and in how many games. I do think the Thunder win in uh, six, I want to say seven, but I, I, I feel like they, they do get it done at home in, in game six. But Damian Lord, I'm, like, he, he truly scares me if, if I'm on the side of Thunder because, because, I, I, because I know that what happened in last year's playoffs, how, how just he was just pretty much eliminated from, from the series. Uh, I guess literally and figuratively. Uh, um, like the way Jurati just just took him out, he, that's in his mind, and he's not going to let that happen again. I cannot imagine him letting it happen again. And if he just continues to just bludgeon the the, the Thunder with, with the threes, then he he can drag this team to a couple of wins. And like the Thunder, they just haven't been playing well. Um, for what reason I? I honestly couldn't, can't make it out. Uh, like Westbrook is getting triple doubles every game. 
not shooting great, but he's still getting in trouble with that. Was Paul George? His, his shooting has fallen off since his shoulder injury. But I, like, I, it, it, it wouldn't shock me if the Blazers were able to pull this out. But I'm definitely picking Thunder and Six. Yeah, the the whole Lillard discussion and yeah, how he struggled last season in the playoffs is interesting. You know the, uh, you know he's widely known around the league as one of the best tough shot makers, and I think with a guy like that, especially you know if you've got a defense that that is sound and and taking away the easy the easy baskets like the Pelicans did last year, you know they basically shut off the rim with Holiday and and Davis just swarming all around him. Uh, and his diet becomes exclusively those high-difficulty three-point shots, I think that's where, you know, Lillard can struggle a little bit. I think those shots are going in when he's feeling really good about himself. But if you take away everything easy and he's struggling a little bit, he hasn't seen the ball go in, that's when those shots become, I think, you know, lower percentage outcomes for him. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see if he can if he can have a playoff turnaround after the disaster that was last season. But uh, I'm going with you. I'm I'm going with the Thunder as well, and and I actually think it might be a little bit more lopsided than even you think. I've got Thunder in five, uh, and and frankly, like I, I think it mostly comes down to Nurkic for me. I think the Blazers' center position is such a disaster without Nurkic, and that's the big reason why I don't think they stand much of a chance. If they had Nurkic, I would probably say this series goes seven, and perhaps even that the Blazers would pull it out. But without him, I just think the Thunder. Uh, you know, with Steven Adams, with Paul George, and even with the inefficient box score stats of Westbrook, I think are going to just have too much for this Blazers team. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any arguments out of me, but uh, I, I, I do think uh, it's, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll be competitive. I don't think the Thunder win by like any large amounts, but it'll. But at the end, it'll just be the Thunder actually winning the games. Yeah, and, and the fact that the Thunder swept the season series also gives me a little bit of pause as far as the Blazers, and then again, that was with Nurkic in the lineup. So, uh, yeah, so um, we both we both see the Thunder. Uh, and uh, any other thoughts uh, about these two teams or any players we didn't mention that before we uh, we talk about the we talk briefly about the other two series? Um, I, I think uh, I, I think we covered it all. All right, so let's let's move on now to the to the one eight matchup. I don't know if there's a lot to say as far as this series is concerned, but uh, the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Clippers. What are some of your thoughts about that matchup? For for some reason, it wouldn't surprise me if this goes five, but it'll just be because the Warriors just forgot to show up to, to one of the games, which they tend to do. Just some, for some reason, they just forget to try sometimes, and they, and they lose. <laughs> Yeah, they did so in last season, the uh, season's first round against San Antonio. There's, there's no way on earth San Antonio, did, uh, without Kawhi, had any, uh, had any reason to, to win even a, a single game, and, and they did. And, and you're right, it's, it's mostly because Golden State just, just didn't show up. Uh, I don't really, uh, I don't really see anything that the Clippers have that, uh, that scares me as Golden State. You know, their best scorer, Gallinari. Uh, you know he's. Uh, I think the Warriors have plenty of wings forward guys that can can slow him down. Uh, I guess the only thing with with Golden State is the Curry rolled his ankle, and also you know the Clippers do have Patrick Beverly who has who has been known to to hound point guards at times. Yeah, I mean I, I think the, the Clippers' best hope is that Lou Williams has, he has to go off for seven games in a row. Um, <laughs> You're right. Even 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 him doing that, he's he's a liability defensively. 
and it's not like he can hide too many places because the Warriors' strength is their guards, so there's nowhere for him to hide. Um, it's it, it, like this is just a terrible. I mean, this is going to be a terrible matchup for both those players, but the, the Clippers, I. I they have no shot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, their their rookie backcourt, despite the fact that I like them and their future with with Shea and uh, Landry Shamit, uh, yeah, the, I think that's going to be an issue as well. The fact that they have zero experience and are and are going into the uh, the two time defending champs house uh, in game one, I don't think that's going to be very pretty. But uh, moving on to the to the other series, I think this is you know uh, we just talked about a series that we both think. Uh, or I guess I sh- I should ask for your prediction. I'm assuming. You're going either Golden State four or five. I'm going a sweep. Yeah, I'm, just because last year happened, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to get the game, so I'm going to sweep too. All right, so the the last series we got to get to is is arguably the most intriguing of uh, of all the first round matchups because they played in the second round last year, and that is Houston versus Utah. Um, you know, arguably two of the top three teams in the Western Conference. Utah, one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, and and Donovan Mitchell has you know is a rising star, uh, but you know Houston with uh, with the way Chris Paul's been playing since the All Star break with uh, with um, you know either one or two in the MVP and James Harden. What are some of your initial thoughts about this matchup? If I'm the Rockets, I'm I would be worried about about this team because if any team is is going to beat them other than the Warriors, I think it's Utah um, because. Game after game, when you can repeatedly have to see the Jazz, they can put together a defensive plan with the players they have, with the coach they have. I I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to slow down James Harden to find whatever weaknesses exist in his game. They can find them, and I would not be surprised if if, if Utah came out of the series. Oh wow! Okay, so so you you have a higher feeling about Utah. Certainly, I I really like Utah. Um, I think uh, you know Dante Exum in last year's series was actually really instrumental in in their defending of James Harden. I uh, you know his absence I think is going to matter a little bit. And and the other question mark, you know Rubio I think got hurt pretty early on in the series and didn't play much of a factor for Utah. Uh, and and you know he is a guy that potentially has the the passing chops to to uh, dissect Houston switching defense. Yeah, yeah, like, like uh, Jazz can throw a couple different switches at you, and even if the switches aren't that effective, they're okay because they have the alien Rudy Gobert back there to deter the majority of people from coming to the rim. So that's, that's one of the things that I'm extremely confident in is they're going to pressure James Harden. They're going to try and take away a step back three. They're going to try and limit the amount of uh, just probably threes in, in general that he takes and force him to drive. And in particular, probably force him to drive to his right, being that he, he is a lefty. So if you can force James Harden to drive to his offhand against Rudy Gobert, I mean, maybe because it's James Harden, you don't have a great chance, but it's probably a much better shot. You know, we probably have a much better chance at uh, defending him in, in that fashion. And and like the Rockets, they're, they're just not the same team that they were last year. They're just, they're just not the same. So I feel like that kind of levels the playing of So I want to push back on the Rockets aren't quite the same. Now certainly, you know, certainly they, they won, what, 53 games this year compared to 65 a season ago. 
and they don't have Trevor Ariza, they don't have Luke Richard and Bob Mute. But one thing, I, I think they are in the top 10 in, in defensive rating for the last couple of months, ever since Chris Paul came back. And I also think uh, another thing that kind of has gone unnoticed, not talked about, is the fact that Jeff Bizdelic, their defensive coordinator, essentially, was was not there at the beginning of the season when they got off to such a horrid start on the defensive end. And, you know, since he's come back, I think the things have, have picked up and, and they've resembled the team that they were last year. So so I think there's an opportunity here that, that the Houston Rockets are, uh, you know, eventually, especially if they hit their ceiling, can be close to the team that they were last year. And uh, so, so like, I, 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 I disagree there because... Trevor Reason was a huge part of, of what they did. He, he was able to pretty much you can you can leave him on an island by himself against a lot of a lot of the type of players, and and he could he, he could pretty much hold his own, and and he just did a whole lot of other things, knock down threes, um, etc. He's he's not there, uh, and then they traded with James Ennis because he was supposed to fill in that Trevor Reason role, and they didn't think he was good enough to do that, so they traded him away, and. Eric Gordon's not playing as well. Um, there, there, there are a lot of weaknesses in, in this team that just weren't there last year. Um, and not that I'm, not that I would, not that I'm going to say the Jazz are going to win this, but it's, it's, it won't be as lopsided as it was last year. And, matter, and I, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I think the I certainly agree that the the Ariza loss hurts. Um, you know, they they haven't really been able to get a a replacement for him, and oftentimes that's just meant that they've had to play PJ Tucker even more and and even play him defending guys like Kevin Durant and and, and the like. Um, so I certainly think against teams like like Golden State, not having Ariza is going to matter. But against Utah, especially since I don't think they're you know outside of Mitchell, they don't have a lot of threats on the perimeter that I that you need a, a wing stopper. I don't think it's going to matter as much. Uh, and, and, you know, talking about the, the Utah defense, I think the one guy that, that hurt them really uh, in last year's series and, and was one of the key reasons why Houston was able to win that in five is Chris Paul. You know, his mid-range shot-making ability is kind of the antidote to, to Gobert's rim protection. Yeah, and, well, I, I guess what I meant more about bringing up with Reza was is consistent shot me. Um, that's that's just not there because other than so James Harden's making shots consistently, Eric Gordon is supposed to be that guy, but, and he's struggled with that. And Chris Paul's doing it. So PJ Tucker, he's been he's been kind of hot and cold this season. So just the, the, the consistent shot making is, is something that would bother me from from the Rockets standpoint. Yeah, I guess Austin Rivers is the, at least on the offensive end, I would say, is the Trevor Ariza replacement. Um, you know, he's not shooting quite as well as Ariza did from three, but on decent volume, I think he's shooting about 32% on, on five attempts a game. I think Ariza career is around 34%, so maybe there's a there's a small amount of, of loss there in terms of the of the the spacing, the floor that you get from Rivers to Ariza. But but yeah, the, the, the Jazz... The Jazz uh, are, are certainly a team that's that's going to provide a, a real decent challenge, and and Donovan Mitchell, you know, after getting off to a really rough start, which he he also got off to a rough start in his rookie season, has really picked it up, and uh, is looking like another guy that uh, is capable of winning a game or two. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think he's going to 
try and <laughs> repeat uh, what, he, what he did last year with the uh, put-back dunk. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was nasty. When he's hanging from the rim, like, like that whole game, that sequence was just like a kind of a playoff coming, coming out moment for him. So I, I know he's going to remember that, and he's, he's just going to bring that same intensity. But the other thing that the, uh, the Jazz had this year is that I'm curious how big the role is going to be. Is Kyle Porter. Um, the Jazz, the Jazz haven't had, or at least they didn't have last year. It's a guy who you just absolutely cannot leave. And I get that he's going to be a huge liability on defense, but but like I said, like they're going to put him on, on, a, on a guy, or they're they're going to try and hide him as best they can. And where he can't hide, they're just going to depend on Rudy Gobert to try and turn people away. Right, that's a that's a really good point. You know, Kyle Korver is uh, is a guy that uh, is is one of the greatest three point shooters of all time, and and yeah, with Rudy Gobert as protection, you can almost just tell Kyle Korver to push up, stop the three, make him drive, and and bring him right to our uh, defensive player of the year candidate. So yeah, Korver will be. It'll be interesting to see how many minutes he can play, and yes, if 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 he really hurts their defense or not or if Gobert truly is. I mean, that would be a great case for Gobert as Defensive Player of the Year is if uh, if he can successfully hide Kyle Korver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I was thinking about it. It's, it's worth a try. So if, if if he can somewhat mitigate the damage to where they're going to try and probably get Kyle Korver to switch on to James Harden and Chris Paul, if somehow they can limit that damage and then Kyle Korver can consistently knock down his shots or at least just draw his defender away from uh, the, the paint allowing Donovan Mitchell to do better work it's it's definitely worth a shot yeah, and you know Utah. I think won one game in in last season's series, and in large part they utilized you know kind of slipping screens and taking advantage of the Rockets' uh, switching scheme. And the Rockets to counter that kind of just got even more aggressive uh, with their switching, much more physical to try to avoid that those those easy slips to the basket. But Corver is a guy that maybe will help Utah's offense a little bit. And as I said, Rubio being available uh, could could help in terms of him being that special passer that can that can find passing lanes when when other guys just don't see them uh, i saw a, a funny clip uh at, it was after the uh the the utah clippers uh game on on uh the the season finale on wednesday was uh patrick beverly was actually uh he he brought jay crowder aside and was showing him uh his technique on how to successfully guard james harden <laughs> i actually missed that but that's uh it's funny that, that, that he would do that um, because I, I, if I remember correctly, he does have a vendetta against the Rockets. Yeah, I mean he was uh, he was a part of that trade with uh, you know the the Chris Paul deal and uh, along with uh, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. So yeah, I don't think he he likes Houston that much. I think he he thought that was his home and they uh, they they traded him. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Beverly's tips pays off in any meaningful way for. Uh, for uh, for the Utah Jazz now, uh, I, I did do a an Eastern Conference preview with uh, Abuka Fondu uh, from SBC, and uh, but I did you know I know that you are a uh, Orlando Magic fan. The last time I had you on the pod, uh, we we talked Orlando Magic. I just wanted to get your quick thoughts about not only the fact that I'm sure you're you're through the moon that the Magic are in the postseason, but also uh, your thoughts on that first round series. Um, it's been I I was. A- I feel like 
last time they were in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm through the roof. I'm super excited. I've been knowing uh, all, all, all my friends and I've been on Twitter. Um, but I'm I'm prepared for uh, four games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared for four games and maybe five five if we're lucky. Like, well, yeah, you'll uh, as soon as the magic uh, tip off in the playoffs, I'll have a smile on my face thinking about you. But Darius, this was this was a lot of fun breaking down the Western Conference playoffs. Thanks so much for uh, for taking the time and coming on. Yeah, man, appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening to Duncan Dynasty. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can uh, you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. If you can leave a, uh, a rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Uh, the show is also now on Spotify. Uh, if you can uh, give the show a follow, again, a rating on there, uh, that uh, that really helps a lot. If uh, if you've got any uh, questions or comments or uh, or ideas for uh, for future episodes, uh, you can contact me. Uh, on Twitter, at Garrett Bouguet, and also uh, my email is g-bouguet at onu.edu. So uh, feel free to, uh, to uh, give me any of your uh, ideas. I, I love to hear from, uh, from the people listening to the program. And uh, enjoy the next week of the NBA calendar, and uh, have a great rest of your day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.